Hello everybody and a very warm welcome to you wherever you may be across the world to Dwayne's All-Encompassing Life Podcast, episode 24 of season 2. I would like to conduct this episode in a bit of a different manner as I would like to focus on tennis and the tennis world. As you all know, I'm a very avid and passionate tennis fan recently of the late retired Roger Federer and just, you know, his his way of playing the game, the gentleman style, always the fan favorite. That's what really stuck out to me and that's what really attracted me to him and also the fact that, you know, he's one of the GOATs. Obviously not the the singled out GOAT. As we all know, that's Novak Djokovic. We'll get into that in a minute. But I would like to talk about the French Open and how the whole tennis world has directed its attention and its nerves to the French Open final now as a consequence of, of the unfortunate ending in the Alcaraz-Djokovic semi-final. We'll get into that in just a moment prior to that. The final... Look, Rude against Djokovic, new generation, old generation. This is the second time Rude has been here in the final um, in two years. Last time, last year, he lost to Rafael Nadal in three sets. And one thing I just want to say is that I don't hope the outcome is like last year. I don't hope that Rude gets intimidated by the level of, jo- of Djokovic's game and just the sheer fact that Djokovic is a giant and his tr- track record, the fact that he's won so many Grand Slams, that he is just a superior player naturally. Um, so I think I don't want the, the Rude's level of tennis to drop as a consequence of that. And I don't want his eagerness to, to win drop. I don't want him to be intimidated by that. I hope for a good match, not for a one-sided match. I hope the outcome, I hope the underdog wins. I, I really want to see Rude win, even though I am gradually sort of accepting the fact that Djokovic is moving into this unattainable, unmatched status where nobody, even in 20, 30 years, 40 years, whatever, 100 years, will be able to reach his level of achievement. And I think you have to give Djokovic credit for that. But nonetheless, I hope for a great match. I'm excited to see what what's going to happen. And Djokovic is obviously the favorite, and rightly so. And I expect him to win in four, perhaps five sets, if, if Rude manages to take him to the distance. But we'll see. I'll, I'll keep you guys updated. Prior to that, the semi-final. A very highly anticipated matchup. It was going to be a very unique game of tennis. As we all remembered, um, Alcaraz took Djokovic the distance in three sets, beat him in the Madrid smaller tournament. Obviously, very different circumstances there. The crowd was on Alcaraz's side. In the, Fre- in the French Open semi-final, it wasn't. It was more 50-50 or 60-40 or 70-30 for Djokovic, just because he's been around longer and he has more experience. And I was talking to my brother about this, and I was I was thinking, when was the last time Djokovic has lost a, f- a game at a Grand Slam in five sets? And that's my question to you listening to the episode. Find me the stat where it says that Djokovic lost a game at a Grand Slam in five sets, because of all of my tennis memories, I can only recall he's won a lot in five Five sets. He's come back from 2-0. He's won, I think, the majority in 4-3, just completely outplaying any opponent. He has lost in 3, and he has lost in 4, but I don't recall him ever in his career losing in 5 sets at a Grand Slam. But I may be mistaken, it could have happened in the early stages, and I don't think it's happened at all in the latter stages, where he has sort of changed his approach to the game and really risen on a talent level. So, show me that stat. I would li- like to see it. If he has ever lost in five sets, and if not, that's just a testament to his uniqueness and his goatness, and I think we definitely have to put him in that category if he hasn't lost in five sets at a Grand Slam. Nonetheless, so we take we look back to the Madrid game and obviously a smaller tournament, and we all know that Djokovic was faced with a question and confronted with a question and had to ask himself, okay, do I solely lay the emphasis on Grand Slams, guaranteeing my success there at a higher rate, or do I 
direct my attention and my energy levels and my tennis towards Grand Slams, therefore, uh, Grand Slams and also smaller tournaments risking my chances at a Grand Slam. I think he had to ask um, himself that question, knowing that his body would only accept one. But nonetheless, he has held his body and his mind in fantastic shape, changing his diet, altering his tennis game, stuff like that. So another element to give him credit for. But I think it's been apparent that he has changed his game and that he is solely concentrating on the Grand Slams and that has paid dividends. He has done so well. And yeah, so nonetheless, the game, first two sets, I think were beautiful tennis, um, tennis of the highest class, lived up to the expectations. And obviously the unfortunate ending after Alcaraz sustained the injury And, you know, perhaps the outcome would have been different. You know, I would have liked to see a more intense ending. You know, not a very... It was very one-sided the end, and it was obvious after... It's hard to come back after the injury, and, you know, you're so young, you're so inexperienced, you don't know what to do in that situation. Do you give up? Do you continue playing? Um, And ultimately, you know, Djokovic paid, you know, the sportsmanship respect, and I think, you know, give him credit for that. And unfortunate ending. And I think uh, Djokovic is the favorite to to win this final. Now, um, I think Alcaraz was the only last one to really challenge him because his raw talent and his natural talent is unmatched, especially on sand. And I think, you know, he's he is a mini Nadal in that, in that regard that he has grown up playing sand and he's accustomed to playing on sand. But he's also a mini Djokovic in his approach and the way he changes his games and adapts his games. You know, he's very aggressive. He tends to control the rallies. His ground strokes are beautiful. And I think he plays with a, li- a little more t- tenacity, a little more fire. Um, he is able to move his body, you know, stretch and 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 get to shots. And he plays the sh- the, the short ball. He plays stops more often, which I I like and I am a fan of because that is a way to to get Djokovic and and, and it proved to be in the f- second set, perhaps even in the first set, a, a helpful factor for him to to win that second set. So I think I like his playing style and. You know, obviously the unfortunate ending. And one thing I want to address is that every, people saying that, oh, Alcaraz is the favorite just because he has won so many smaller tournaments on sand and Djokovic is not going to win. I think that's that. It's not very nice because, look, you have Djokovic, the greatest tennis player of all time, undoubtedly, and facing him in a Grand Slam compared to facing him in a smaller tournament is a whole nother, nother ball game. And I think there are very select few of players that have actually beaten him and can say, oh, I've beaten Djokovic in the last five years or last six, seven years at a, at a Grand Slam. And that takes a lot. That takes a tremendous amount, not just physically, but also mentally to out conquer a champion and a goat like Novak Djokovic that is you know I tip my cap to you because there are only about I would say five or six or seven players to do that and most of them have retired so not a lot of the new generation that has beaten him at Grand Slams and until I see that otherwise until I see you know on a consistent basis people beating him people rising to the level of his game um, I'd like to you know then I would start favoring those guys but until then Djokovic is my clear favorite for the next one, two years, you know, obviously, um, considering how long his body can still um, keep in the, in, in the sport on the high level that he competes, but he's been showing no signs of aging, and, you know, it's it's amazing to really watch him. Even as a Federer fan, I have the utmost respect for him, and we Federer Djokovic were some great, great intense battles, and I will remember them forever, you know, they those memories will live on. Um, even some of them were unfortunate, but nonetheless, give credit to Djokovic. Another thing is that, yes, Alcaraz came to the pressure, um, the pressure of inexperienced Grand Slam 
first time facing Djokovic and the pressure points. That's where he really lost and he couldn't rely on those. He missed a lot of sitters. He missed overhand smashes. He missed forehand winners, volleys, backhand. And I think, yes, the outcome would have been different if he had used them, especially in the first set. Could he have won the first set? Perhaps. Who knows? He could have also lost the second set. And won- yeah, so the outcome would have undoubtedly been entirely different if certain things had, 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 had gone into place. But, you know, we're sitting here. What if? What if? We can't do that. You know, we have to face reality. And reality is that Alcaraz is injured. And as of right now, on sand, the only two players that can conquer him, Djokovic on sand, yes, I would say Alcaraz, if he has a good day. And Nadal, he's regressing. And it's tough to say he beat him last year. And that might be the final time on sand because Nadal is now undergoing surgery and it's going to be a while before he steps foot back on court. We'll see. You know, Nadal, after Federer, he might, after surgery, just like Federer, he might not make it to the level that he was at prior to that. Who knows? Um, Nadal is obviously two years older and therefore he might also retire. So we'll see. He might also play the French Open last time and want to win it. Who knows? The future is bright especially for Alcaraz. Djokovic, will, I think, has looks like has two or three more years for sure. Um, in this situation, he, he just can't find somebody who can match his uniqueness and his level of, 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 of tennis playing. And I think that's just unreal considering how much talent there is in the likes of Zverev, Medvedev, TFO, I mentioned Alcaraz, Sinner, Rublev. There's so many guys that I don't know what it takes. Is it the mental rigidity? Is, is it the experience that they're frightened of? Um... And I think that that is really interesting, an interesting factor. Um, obviously, Djokovic is the mentali- men- mental king. One, one more thing I would like to highlight before I sign off is that after every time Djokovic loses a set or loses the two, first two sets or whatever, he's down 2-0, 2-1, he takes a strategic and always planned for sure five to seven minute toilet break. And that's, I think, to annoy and intimidate the opponent. And he's done that. He's been called out for that by Tsitsipas. He did that after he was down 2-0 against Tsitsipas sort of to disrupt the opponent to disrupt his rhythm and yeah i think he use always uses that to his advantage and i think that's always a given factor after every time he he goes down i think that is where he's able to regain his his composure and his mental focus and that's why he's able to garner that energy that that helps him win the games in the in the you know pressure points in the ultimate fifth set so all in all the first two sets lived up to the hype but total rather dis- disappointing and unfortunate ending. And I'm excited to see what the final holds. I think it will be a great final. And I'll see you in episode number 25. Let's get it.